This last week was an incredible week at St. John's. We prepared for the austerity of Lent with one last hurrah. Delicious pancakes with all the trimmings prepared by our talented and devoted cathedral cooks, followed by chaotic and hilarious pancake races held here in the cathedral. Now, y'all know that if we do anything twice in the Episcopal Church, it is considered a tradition. So these races are now officially a tradition. And they were held here, right here, in this place of reverence and worship. And it was transformed into an arena of hooting and hollering and a bit of good-natured trash talk. And relay teams anchored by priests fully vested. Or this year, two priests and Tina Clark, who stood in for Richard. And the teams were made up of our children, the children of the cathedral, ranging in age from three to 15. It was fabulous fun. And you do not need to have children to come to this. So make sure you put it on your calendar for next year. So for those of you who are new to this idea of a pancake race, you must run the length of the nave carrying a pancake on a spatula and then successfully hand that off to your teammate at the other end until everyone is run. It's exciting. It is exhilarating. It requires great focus, dexterity, and speed. And pancakes don't always stay intact, <laughs> much less on the spatula. So there's a lot of stopping. And shoes with grippy soles help a lot. It also requires a hefty dose of good luck. And so since I have not given up boasting for Lent, <laughs> I'm happy to share that my relay team has now won the coveted title of champion two years in a row. And so, yes, it is now a tradition. <laughs> Every gym teacher I ever had cannot believe this is true. <laughs> but somehow, miraculously, by the grace of God and the intervention of the Holy Spirit and some fleet-footed children, it is true. My two littlest teammates, Savannah and Jenny, were so excited to win. And they were jumping up and down. But they both stopped suddenly and asked, looking up at me with big eyes, well, what do we win? <laughs> and they did not like my answer of glory. So I've been thinking about their question the past few days. And since, as I said, I did not give up boasting for Lent, I think that my team should possibly have an outward and visible sign of this glory. Behold, <laughs> the pancake queen. 
And for Savannah, Jenny, Eva, and Ronan, find me after. I have crowns for you too because we are pancake royalty together. (laughs) This incredible space where we come together week after week is so alive with the dazzle of the stained glass and the grandeur of the architecture, soaring music and prayers. And it was particularly vibrant with the joyful shrieks of children and adults alike during the pancake races. And then in this same space, this literal sanctuary where at 7 p.m. there was revelry. 12 hours later, at 7 a.m., there was solemnity. Ash Wednesday was upon us with its accompanying silence, confession, imposition of ashes, and deep awareness of our need for grace. In church, as in life, illustrated by those 12 hours. The highs and lows often walk hand in hand. From glory worthy of crowns to as Eliot wrote in the wasteland, and I will show you something different from either your shadow at morning striding behind you or your shadow at evening rising to meet you. I will show you fear in a handful of dust. The sign of the cross was traced in ashes on the foreheads of young people, on not so young people, on babies, and on those who knew acutely that they may very well soon be returning to dust. And there were those who received their ashes with tears streaming down their cheeks. This week, I heard a repeat of a TED Radio Hour podcast on NPR. Some of you may have heard it as well. It was a multi-story episode entitled, Jumpstarting Creativity. And the common theme across all four talks was that the greatest catalyst to creativity is to disrupt routine. Disrupt routine. It inspires creativity, sparks joy, shifts our paradigm enough to allow us to refocus and enables us to become aware in a way we were not before. The stories that were told ranged from a very popular, famous rock band that had hit a wall. Nothing new was coming. A consultant came in, and much to the musician's unhappiness, forced them all to exchange instruments. And in their discomfort, they found a spark. Of creativity. They also had a talk from a woman whose job it is to stage massive art installations 
and she talked about one of the largest she'd ever done where she was forced to shut down blocks, several blocks in downtown London and how this disruption of routine, while initially annoyed people, became a spark of joy. And I'm not going to do either of those, so I was particularly intrigued by the next talk, which pointed out scientifically through a variety of studies that there are benefits to something as simple as walking instead of sitting when you're brainstorming. Ideas were created exponentially, unique creative ideas when people simply got up and moved. Disrupting routine was proven to jumpstart creativity. And I thought of that pancake race. I thought of the routine for so many of our children here is to be on their best behavior in this space, to sit quietly, to have to pay attention to something they may not even understand. And it was a complete disruption to allow them to run through this space and to shriek and experience joy here. What a wonderful thing to tell them about their church. What a wonderful way to get them to connect to this space and this community. And what is Lent if not a disruption to our routine? Our abstinence from certain habits in our personal life redirects our thinking. We cover the crosses and images of Christ in our corporate life of worship to draw our focus to the ways that sin prevents us from seeing God clearly. It's a disruption of our routine. I knew a young woman at a church I attended for a while who upon hearing a coffee hour discussion of what folks are giving up for Lent, quietly turned and walked away. I followed and asked if she was okay. With a firm set to her jaw, she announced that she had no patience for these Lenten conversations, the giving up of coffee and sweets, the great sacrifice that would end in a matter of weeks. She then shared that she lived with the diagnosis of being bipolar. She had numerous unpleasant side effects from her essential medication. She couldn't ever drink alcohol. She was on a very restricted diet every day. She said, for Lent, I give up church. My life is Lent. And when everyone else is finished with their temporary sacrifices, I come back to church. It was a heartbreaking conversation. And one, I would imagine, some of you understand on a deep level. Even for her, 
Lent was a disruption of her routine. What if for Lent we gave up being oblivious to the daily trials of those around us, those who live Lent? What if for Lent we abstained from being so inwardly focused and decided to be present and attentive to the needs of those in the pews next to us and on the streets around us? In our Ash Wednesday litany of penitence, we confessed our indifference to injustice, human need, suffering, and cruelty. Let's disrupt our routine. And what is a life of faith if not a life seeking creativity? A life of imagination, of wonder, of engaging mystery every day. Lent is the needed disruption to our routine, the counterbalance to the frenetic nature of modern life, the opportunity to slow down and to take in the world and the people around us with new eyes. It's the jumpstart. It is the disruption we need to engage with God in new and creative ways and to reclaim our deep need for grace.